Welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here with you on Tuesday night, March 23rd, because, well, uh, we had a little Michigan hoops to watch yesterday. Anything we recorded yesterday uh, probably wouldn't have uh, really been relevant here today. So pushing the day, we are live on Twitch as we are every time we record Brewcast. That's why you got to follow us on Twitter uh, to let you know when we are going to be recording live on Twitch. And uh, big show here today, obviously, uh, with quite the weekend for Michigan Hoops. Headed to the Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive tournament. Um I, I mean, I, I can't believe that I'm even alive here today. I was stressing hard during that game yesterday, uh, but feels good to be back with you guys. How are you boys feeling? That's good. Yeah, sorry for the jostling around here for the video people. Uh, there was a bright glow behind me, and it's like it's not the afterlife, and it's not like a train at the end of the tunnel. It's just um, it's here what we're dealing with. Man, um, it feels like it, it. Are you an angel? Yeah, it feels like I'm in heaven right now. I mean, it is. We are riding a buzz, the likes of which, I mean, again, it's it's happened before, which us being the pessimists that we can be at times, sometimes you wait for the other shoe to drop. But in practicing mindfulness and staying in a moment and, and all of those kind of meditation type, you know, cliches, whatever, the last couple of days have been awesome. And we've had a lot of those um, on this show since the calendar flipped to 2021. So glad to be here. Glad to talk about it. I mean, Men in the Sweet 16, women in the Sweet 16. I got Michigan, Kansas on right behind. It just finished up um, from from 2013. It's just like the vibe, the the good vibes. Um, so you know, as the kids say, they're everywhere. So good to be here. Chris and I have talked two days in a row on locker room, and and we'll probably have a lot of those same things to say, although probably a little more sober than before. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good couple of days. It's good to be back. It's always good to be here. Yeah, um, I'm still not recovered from last night. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. And it's weird because I remember this is a true story. Eight years ago, uh, when uh, stupid Ben Brust hit that half court shot against Michigan for Wisconsin. Uh, I was a junior in high school at the time. And my parents sat me down. It was a Saturday game. They sat me down on the Sunday and they said, Chris, look. We love you, but you're way too emotionally invested in these games, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna give yourself a heart attack, man. And I said, no, guys, look, I'm fine. I'm 17. I'm in good shape. I'm young. Eight years later, because I, 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 I can't do this. I mean, last night was last night felt like I ran a marathon. Now it was ultimately remarkably rewarding, and uh, it's worth a little bit more because. I want to keep recording podcasts about this team. I want to keep talking about this team. And I think in general, there was with last night's game, there is a level of weight lifted off the shoulders of uh, the, the team and the fan base as well, because this has been such a great year. And I think to have failed to have made it to the second weekend, it would have been a, a very much an ant. Yeah. Yeah. But team, um, I think no matter what happens from this point on, when people ask, what was the 2021 Michigan basketball team like collectively, unless you're an insane person, you're going to say, Oh, 2021, that was a great team and make no mistake about it. This has been a great team and a great season. And I hope it's not over. Man. I will tell you what, going into that game yesterday with this, just the absolute struggles of the big 10, I was Same. not feeling all that confident. I'll be honest with you. And then LSU comes in and starts shooting the lights out. It, it felt like the perfect storm of what was going to happen. We were not going to have any big 10 teams. 
uh, you know, in the Sweet 16, we're going to hear about it. And, and I know people, you know, uh, we've said all along that I'm not rooting for any other Big Ten team except for Rutgers. I was rooting for Thanks. Rutgers. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know why. I think that's just an incredible, uh, incredibly easy team to root for. But other than that, I didn't really care about the Big Ten struggles or, or successes. But what I was worried about, if Michigan did not win that game yesterday, was going to be all that chatter about uh, the fact that, oh, they weren't really that good all year. They beat up on a bad conference and all this. And I didn't really want to hear it. And I, man, for a second there, though, I, I kind of thought it was inevitable. It might have been a destiny thing that LSU was hitting the toughest shots in the world. And uh, we've seen that. And it's come back to hunt Michigan a few times. But I, I got to say, Jawan and I, I'm guessing, you know, obviously I wasn't in the huddles, but I'm guessing when they were down nine there in that first half, 30 to 21, just challenged his team because we kind of saw a different team out there. They were a little less tentative on the offensive end. They started to let it fly. They started playing more physical. They started playing more aggressive than in the, to start the second half, kind of the same thing, had that a little bit of a sluggish start, but man, when it came time, when they needed to rally, they rallied it. And that was the first time, you know, it, down the stretch that, that we've seen that team really play with some moxie and swagger a little bit that, that we saw during that, you know, really impressive stretch run. So I, I I'm kind of confident, you know, moving forward into this next weekend into the sweet 16, that they, they got a little bit of that back, you know, because it's going to take a while. You lose one of your leaders out there and Isaiah livers, you know, that's one of your brothers out there on the court and you lose that guy you got to f- kind of refine an identity. And I think they went in and they kind of dug deep and found that a little bit. You know, every NCAA tournament run, Anthony, you talked about this the other week, has that moment where you get punched in the mouth, or as I, I think I described it, when things go sideways. Things went sideways multiple times yesterday. Went sideways in the first five minutes, uh, really of both halves. And uh, they took they took several body blows and they responded. And I said this on the locker room, but I'm going to repeat it. I the X factor that I said coming into this tournament was Juwan Howard. We're ta- we are still talking about a coach, no fault of his own, you know, blame COVID, but who is still coaching his first NCAA tournament games. And how is he going to respond? And yesterday, it would have been extremely easy for him when they were down nine early, when they were down six in the second half, to panic, to uh, mess with the rotations, to put all the starters back in, and he didn't. They stayed the course, knowing full well that Michigan's depth had the potential to outlast LSU's. And those elite shooters that LSU has in the last four or five minutes of that game were completely gassed, whereas Michigan, especially a player like Franz Wagner, seemed to have fresh legs. And, and their athletes took over, and the defense took over. It They, they probably would have won anyway, but it, the, the possession that put it on ice of Franz, when they, after Mike Smith traveled, was exemplary defense. I mean, they had nowhere to go and he forced and they forced up a tough shot, led to a rebound Michigan in the latter stages of that game. I think we, when we talked with Ant Wright, we, we brought this up as well. They were out rebounded for the first 32 minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. They ended up out rebounding LSU, I think by seven and they were out rebounded by two through, uh, at the under eight timeout in the second half, meaning that they essentially got every possible rebound in the last eight minutes of that game. And that's what happens when you have a deep team, even without livers, you can get those rebounds. Dickinson was brilliant on the glass last night. And I, I thought, I thought Juwan coached a, a smart game and the players responded to a fair amount of adversity. And like you said, Luke, I think the deeper this goes, 
the more confident they're going to get without livers. And John's thus far has been a more than serviceable replacement. And look, if they get out of Chandy what they got last night, this team might win a national championship. We'll see. I mean, it's to be determined, but just phenomenal, phenomenal game, a phenomenal effort and a great win. I would echo all of those things. Um, those are things we talked about the last couple of days. And like you said, the, the longer that they, it, it seemed like the longer, it's not a hot take to say the longer they're in this tournament, probably the better off they are because it means they will have figured out life without Isaiah livers. And, and there were times where they did miss him early uh, in yeah. that game yesterday. Uh, but what you know, you're going to get, you're the number one seed. You're going to get everyone's best shot every single game you play. Um, and me just watching the replay of, of that 2013 Michigan, Kansas game, like despite, even when you're up teams are still, you still have that target on your back and Kansas, you know, let it slip late. Trey Burke did trade Burke things. And then a four seed beat a one, which is what could potentially be on the line this weekend. So it adds a layer of perspective that like, if you have a couple bad minutes, there is no tomorrow. There is no next game. So I'll say this, and this is kind of trailing off into a different thought. I think when we sat here and we're kind of doing the, the postmortem of, okay, Isaiah Livers isn't going to be here. So what's the expectation now? And I, I, it may have been me. I forget who it was that said it, but it kind of reverted back to, well, without Livers, you're just looking to survive that first weekend and see where it goes from there. Yep. And let's call this what it is. This is the fourth straight tournament that Michigan has been in the Sweet 16. They've been to the Sweet 16 in six of the last eight tournament appearances that they've had. They haven't lost a round of 64 games since I believe that Ohio up, or I'm sorry, the technically they Notre haven't Dame game. Yeah. The Notre Dame game, but they had one in the first four. So right. kind of an ass, like they haven't lost the first game of the tournament they played since losing that game to Ohio in whatever it was, 2012. Yeah. It's been a pretty remarkable run of success and to get to a sweet six, like when is Abilene Christian ever going to be in it? And I get, I know apples and oranges, when are they going to be in a sweet 16 again? That might be a once in a school generation thing for them. Um, you know, some of these other schools that, that are in the sweet 16, uh, when's the last, like it, it's don't, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't lose track uh, because this has been so routine over the last, you know, six out of the eight tournaments, four in a row. Don't be led astray by how routine it feels. This is special. Yeah. And you know, for Michigan, if they keep building on this, like it will be, you know, we'll, we'll get into years where it's final four or bust. Michigan state has had a ton of those teams, but to me, the baseline expectation for Michigan basketball, given the resources they have available, given the way it appears they can recruit it's sweet 16, get to the sweet 16, figure it out from there. Mission accomplished. And you did it without your best player, uh, arguably your best player. And to be frank, you did it without your second best player really playing well until the last four or five minutes of the game. So even Hunter Dickinson, like he had one of his better like passing games um, as a distributor. There were some silly fouls, but the, the officiating in that game was just dog shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what else to call. I don't know what else to call it. So I, sorry, I know this is a family program, but uh, just they come at you, Chris. I, I I talked to you like the other night. It's like hockey lines. You come yeah. in waves at them. And that's where in a game against a team like LSU, where they're not deep, they probably go six or seven deep. They're a two or three man team. 
And those guys get tired. They were playing hero ball early in the game and it was working for them, but Michigan was able to stay the course. They didn't deviate much from the plan. Um, I will say that the common denominator of a lot of these slow starts that Michigan has, we've talked about that before too, those first four, really until the first media timeout, it just kind of seems like they're always taking punches there as opposed to landing punches there. And it extends a little bit beyond that, but the second when they're having a rough start to a game, the second that Shondi Brown checks in, the whole vibe changes every single time out. Um, that, I know that, people say, oh, he's one of the best five. He needs to start. I don't give well, a damn. That's why he's starting. I don't care who starts the game. I care about who plays the most minutes and who's finishing the game. Shondi Brown's a finisher. He's a closer. He's, um, you know, he's Mariano Rivera. He's Trevor Hoffman. He's Aroldis Chapman. He's, you know, Insert elite closer here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not with the Tigers. Yeah. Um, Throw Chandy Brown out. Like, Chandy Brown impacts winning. Phil Martelli has used that quote about Terrence Williams before, who I thought played a pretty good game on Monday night too. But um, you put Chandy Brown in the game, the vibe is going to change, and he's going to lift up everyone around him. Because you have to match match what that guy's bringing to the floor. And that's those are the type of glue guys that – just more home runs in player acquisition roster building from Jawan Howard. It's just, we've talked about it a million times, but it was on display again on Monday. Yeah. I, I think bench bench play gets extremely underrated too. Right. And I'm not just saying that because I came off the bench in college. I just think <laughs> that, um, I mean, someone pointed it out here in the chat that LSU had zero bench points or I think they might have literally been held to to zero bench points. I actually didn't go fact check that, but I know it was close. Um, And it it really hurts you as a squad because I mean, like Chris pointed out the the starters, so they had two bench points. Um, The starters, 100%, they get gassed, but I mean, you have to be able to score with multiple lineups out there. I mean, there were, there was a time when Michigan had Terrence Williams and Austin Davis in the same lineup i i don't want to see that lineup that often but you need a guy out there you know that that can play with them while the while the starters are getting rest and shandy is that guy man if you can if you can get him in there and all of a sudden you know they're the other teams rotating their guys too if you can get a guy that can fill it up like shandy off the bench i mean it is such a luxury to have in the game of basketball that i really think gets taken for granted a lot like I'd love to see someone on that second line be able to come in and be able to score like that as opposed to putting maybe because he he is a he's a he's a best five like yeah. let's be honest he, he is one of your best five but that's not necessarily what you're looking for in your starters sometimes you need a leader with that second unit to come in and make some plays I mean and he can play with any lineup he, he can play with Eli and Hunter and you know, Mike Smith and all those guys and Franz, or he can play with Terrence Williams and Austin Davis, you know, I mean, he can do it all. And, and I think it's, it's such a luxury to have a, a weapon like that. And I mean, him and Franz, you know, he, he doesn't win the sixth man of the year. Franz doesn't make all, you know, defensive team in the big 10. I mean, that's what, that's what I love about this team. They, they just, they don't really care. You know, we're going to gripe about it. Cause I mean, frankly, it was stupid for both of those things to, to not be the case, but yeah, yeah. these guys don't care, man. They just want to win. It's amazing I, uh, how it's amazing how symbiotic it is too. Like it's, you know, this guy doesn't, you know, I'm going to pick up this guy if he's having an off night, Mike Smith had one of his worst games in a while on Monday. Guess what? Here comes Eli Brooks with 21 points. Here comes Shawnee Brown with 21 points. It's just, the way they pick each other up is just so it's so incredible. And 
that's something else not to take for granted either. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, there's going to be a lot of NBA pro at the prom type guys that maybe come in over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to have attitudes and looking to get theirs, but I think the chemistry that this group has is just a, just maybe it, it's, it's a notch above um, even what we've seen some of Michigan's other really good teams of the last decade or so look like it's just uh, soak that in and enjoy it. On yeah, the ride. I, I, and I'm not good at, at scouting this. I'm not, um, I don't know. I think, I think there might be a place for Chani in the NBA and I have not seen him on uh, draft boards or anything, but if he shoots the way he shot this year and he's a defensive madman, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but that, that's a conversation for another day. He, he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't get drafted balls out on a summer league team. Yeah. Grinds his way through the G league and will be on an NBA roster. That's what yeah. his going to it. He, he could be like, he could be like Tony Allen light, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I, I, I he, and he's just been, he's just been wonderful. I mean, from day one, from the first game against Bowling Green, we're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good. This guy's got it. You know, Anthony, you brought uh, brought up, you know, kind of the, the last, was it eight tournaments for this team and the success they've had? And I think we get caught up and I am probably the most guilty of anybody of, of comparing them to, you know, the team down the road and that program, which is I think unfair to what Michigan's done. And you look at this year's big 10, which was stacked and extremely competitive and, like I can say with confidence, Illinois and Iowa with their current coaches in place will never have better teams than they had this year. And they still couldn't make it to the second weekend of the tournament in general. Like I think in general, most people say, Hey, Mark Turgeon, Maryland does, does a pretty good job. They've got some good teams there. He has the same number of fights with Juwan Howard as he does sweet 16 births. And, and, and yet people kind of, you know, his approval rating is you know fairly high there. It can't be overlooked how difficult it is just to get to that second weekend. Because LSU, that's not your typical eight seed. It's not. And given the parity in college basketball, I don't think it was a great matchup for Michigan. And they made the most out of it and are still. Well, seeding, I think seeding was tough this year with the lack of non-conference games, you know. You know, it was completely. With the fewer non-conference games, uh, it really screwed things up. I still believe that. I didn't think we'd see as many upsets as we did because you do your. I just felt like playing it all in the same location, fewer fans. I felt like the the likelihood of just one team being better than the other, you know, kind of asserting their dominance was more likely. Obviously, that that turned out to be wrong. I mean, it's been you know, knock on wood, it's been a long time since Michigan has had an embarrassing NCAA tournament loss. The last one was 2012, and last night would not have yeah. been embarrassing. That um, Sweet 16 loss to Texas Tech was rough. True. That was a rough watch on the offensive end, but watching what Texas Tech did after that kind of made me feel better about yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. I felt like Texas Tech, that was that was the nightmare scenario for Michigan that year. It was embarrassing yeah. in terms of result. And per- you, weren't the, you weren't the joke of the tournament like Ohio State is. Like right. Iowa. Yeah. I, I will say, though, with the way that that season started, you know, with the blowout wins at Villanova and then mm-hmm. the UNC, I think, in back-to-back games, I, I it was a little bit of a disappointing end to the season. But again... Well, I, I, I was, I was still like, man, we did make the sweet 16. You know, I'm, I'm like you, Anthony, I'm just, I'm not taking any of these. Chris granted, was on top know? of that from the start. Cause even when that team was doing those, those things, he's like, I just don't know about this team. And yeah, it was me. Uh, and it was offensively. But yeah. The thing about that, Luke, that I always said is I felt like what they did in 19, they probably should have done in 18 and what they did in 18, mm-hmm. they probably should have done in 19. So to me, it was all kind of a wash. And then it, it, 
revisionist history, obviously. And but you do wonder. I would have liked to have seen what could last year's team have done. Like I don't think they would have gone far, right? But, I still think they were a Sweet 16 team. I mean, you think of what they did in the non-con there too. You know, yeah, when, when they whooped up on Gonzaga and whatnot. And you often have Jordan Morgan did this and several other, you know, several other Michigan seniors have done this in the past where you get into that last hurrah and you play some of your best basketball. We're seeing that from Eli Brooks, who can cannot be overlooked how freaking good he was last night. And, you know, when Phil Martelli says that he was yeah. the team MVP, damn it, he might be right. Because you look <laughs> I'm at gonna what, trust Phil Martelli on that yeah, one. You look at what they've done when he's not on the floor, when he hasn't played, versus what they've done when he is on the floor. That's a senior that is going out on top. You could have potentially had Simpson and Teske maybe doing something similar. I don't. They did not have a higher ceiling than this team. But you look at the way Juwan's handled himself, I, I would have trusted him last year to maybe win one or two games. Yeah. I, I, uh, really quick, sorry, I don't want to like trample on the – we do there was an ncaa tournament last year um but we asked what would michigan have been they were number 16 on kempom and a bunch of the bracketology dudes got together after the tournament was canceled and did a they put a bracket out anyways because the end you know the ncaa didn't put one out and they had michigan as a seven seed Um, i was gonna say they'd have been a dangerous seven for a lot of teams this would this would have been an interesting pod um you're in the 710 game against east east tennessee state I'd like to think they would have won that game. And then you get, the, you get probably San Diego state. It was a two seed in the second round. Are we talking sweet 16 for that team last year? Maybe possibly. I think so. I mean, like I said, they had, I, I know they went through their, you know, lumps in big 10 play, but I mean, that was another team that beat the beat the tar off of North Carolina and then beat up on Gonzaga too, you know, and kind of back-to-back games. I, was that the 2k tournament last yeah. year? I can't no, remember. Bahamas. Battle for Atlantis, the yeah. bad boy motors. Battle for Atlantis. Battle for okay. Atlantis. No free yeah. ass, but uh... battle, battle for Atlantis. Yeah, I think I think that team could have could have made some noise. Now, what I'm interested in, you know, I think about this team right here, you know, and I think kind of Mike Smith. We kind of expected him to after that Maryland game to turn into Xavier Simpson with a jump shot a little bit here, but uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm still a little bit worried about Mike because I hope he finds it a little bit this week, just kind of calms down. But he really hasn't been the same since that Maryland game. That, well, that I, thought he, I thought he played a great game against Texas Southern. I mean, he had 18 against Texas Southern. Um, yeah, I, I, but but it's these turnovers, man. And I know this yeah. was a problem with him, you know, er, early on in the year, and he was a little bit better. But it's like I, you, you just got to calm down a little bit. I, and I guess I'm more worried about Florida State because I feel like the size and athleticism at LSU – kind of bothered him a little bit yeah. in Florida state. I don't think they got a guy on the roster smaller than six, seven. So that, that's, well, that's, that's perfect way to put it. I where we, where we start, happen. where we start the transition to, you know, looking at Florida state, similar profile in that now Florida state's a lot deeper than, than LSU is. Uh, and they have guys like, this is, this is how they're starting five uh, measures up. MJ Walker, six, five, Raekwon Evans, six, four, Anthony Polite or polite. However, it is six foot six. Raekwon Gray, 6'8". Uh, Balsa Kobravicha, I guess that's – I'll figure – I'll butcher that until we figure it out this weekend. 7'1". <laughs> um, and then you got Scotty Barnes coming off the bench at 6'9". That's a – Mike Smith is probably going to struggle this weekend again. Yeah. So it's it, – um, or maybe he watches the film and they figure something out and Jawan and, and Martelli and Sadi and, and all those guys are able to kind of scheme around that. I think some of those things that we saw in, in this game, 
will probably factor into Saturday's game. And it's the length, too. It's the athleticism. Like, Florida State gives a rip about playing defense. They're 29th on Ken Palm. Their offense is 14th. So you're about 10 spots lower than LSU. Um, they play – LSU played a pretty quick pretty quick tempo-wise. Uh, they were 70th in tempo. Um, Florida State's Florida about State's not bad in tempo, though, I don't think, right? 90th or something? Uh, 89. So 89. it's – it's a similar profile, but a deeper and, and probably a more talented team too. So Mike Smith, like, yeah, that's probably a pretty big mismatch for Michigan again. So I, I know he's your senior. He's a senior. He's a guy who's done it throughout the year. And Juwan Howard has completely and unapologetically given him the license to do what he's got to do. This might be another game where you get a steady dose of Eli Brooks and, and Shawnee Brown. I think it calls for that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that steps out. Um, Just got to keep Shandy out of foul trouble, man. Play so hard when he's out there on D. It's, yeah. I mean, do you take the good with the bad at that point, you know? Yeah, it's just they're Florida State is is kind of a nightmare. Now, down the stretch, I think they went three and two or, or something like that. Yeah, lost to North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament. But um, wasn't all that – I did watch – I managed to watch – Definitely their whole game. I watched their whole game Saturday and then there was the bleed over with the two games last night. So I didn't get to see the game against Colorado, but um, Colorado is a, is a pretty, you know, again, those are two really similar teams and sort of in terms of offensive and defensive profile and Florida state kind of, kind of ran away with that one. So again, there's a part of me and it might just be because I watched a four seed take down a one in this replay that I just watched the 2013 Michigan, Kansas game. But that like, thank God they have a couple days to kind of rest and prepare because what comes next? And then if they even win this game, you're probably going to get, you know, I assume you're going to get Alabama. The bottom half of this region is kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, you got two really tough, um, super, you know, super athletic teams that play good defense coming up. So, Thank God LSU doesn't play a lick of defense. They're like about 50 spots lower than, than Iowa and Kempom to put that into perspective. So luckily I, I think it helps that Michigan played a game, a couple games where they scored over 80 points twice, saw the ball go in the basket. That's mm-hmm. good for confidence moving forward. Um, but I don't, it won't be that easy uh, coming up this weekend. I think uh, there's a good chance that if Michigan, Michigan will play a pair of dog fights if they're even able to get out of this game on Sunday. I think one thing that they got going for them though, is, I mean, you played a lot of tough defenses in the big 10, you know, uh, Illinois, they were, they were top 10 Ken Palm. I think Wisconsin might've been number 10 on, on Ken Palm. You, you saw some, I don't think they are. I don't think Wisconsin is anymore after that performance that they had against Baylor, but I think they came into the tournament as a number 10 defensive efficiency team. Like you played some really tough defenses, and I think Illinois might have been really the only game you really struggled to get looks. Yeah, you know, so so they're they're tested against good defenses. They'll get their looks. It's a matter of kind of getting shots to go in. And if someone else pointed out, man, rebounding. The rebounding has stressed me out a little bit uh, on the defensive end. Michigan is way too big and physical to to allow as many offensive rebounds as they've allowed recently. Yeah. Um. And let's say this too, not to look too far ahead, but Gonzaga is freaking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to get, if you're going to play that team eventually, say you do get to the final four, um, 
you better score you better score 80 points or 80 and 85 and it's still you still might lose by 10 that's how yeah, good yeah. and how deep that team is um and it's a pretty wide gap right now between them and everyone else on Kempom. they're the, the top offense they're top 10 defense they play the fourth fastest you know tempo of game in all of college basketball i mean someone might be able to get them into a rock fight like a like a michigan like a Houston, it certainly, I don't see it being Creighton and I don't see it being USC could be interesting because they're starting to kind of get really hot here and they're pushing right up against that, that threshold we've talked about before with top 10 offense, top 15 defense. But I just don't, you know, I fear, and I've said this before, I fear, especially with all the upsets in the opening weekend, which are fun. It just, it kind of feels like we're headed towards, an inevitable conclusion here. Gonzaga in a lot of ways reminds me of 2019 LSU and football and, and this year's Alabama team, which is like, you better score almost every time down the floor, because if you don't, you're, you're done. You're screwed. Yeah. I, I assuming livers doesn't come back and, and let's, let's, let's just be honest here and, and call it for what it is. Even if he does come back, we're not going to get fully healthy Isaiah livers, you know, like, like, but even if he does, um, I've been under the belief that at full health, playing their best, Michigan could hang with Gonzaga. Um, I I don't having watched more of Gonzaga and seen you know Michigan without Livers, who have, you know obviously they've won both those games. I don't even know if that's really possible at this point. It is kind of something I've brought up about in thirteen and eighteen. I felt like there were buzz saws at the end of the tunnel. It's I, kind of what I feel like what we have here. Not and even even if you go beyond that. Baylor had a very impressive first weekend as well. Um, and I mean, they, I didn't think Wisconsin played that bad and they still steamrolled them. So no, I, yeah, I mean, you don't, yeah, we, we could, we could be here forever talking about potential matchups. Right. But yeah, but Gonzaga's Gonzaga's goddamn good. And they are on the precipice of being considered one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. And to, uh, to even be able to match up with them potentially in the final four and you know, whatever happens to me, whatever happens beyond this point is gravy already, but he would be even more. I'd be even more okay with it. Uh, I want to go back to Florida state here for a second. I don't know if you, did you guys see Leonard Hamilton's kind of post game quotes? He was kind of asked about Michigan and Juwan Howard and stuff or anything like that. No, what he said, he, he had a pretty good, he had a pretty good like long thing, but the end of it really made me laugh. He said, uh, quote, our kids are excited. We lost to, I believe, Michigan in the Elite Eight a few years ago, so I'm sure that they will be ready, end quote. And I, that is so funny to me. It's like Leonard Hamilton doesn't really trust his memory of either A, if they played Michigan a couple of years ago, B, if it was in the Elite Eight, or C, some mixture of both of that. Leonard Hamilton would be a great pitch, pitcher. You know, he's like, just put it out of your memory. Every loss. I, you remember he didn't even remember not fouling, I think, down three with like 20 seconds to go in that game. They asked him about it in the post-game the game was, was like, what are you talking about? Holy crap. Leonard Hamilton's 72 years old. He's been there forever. He looks great. He do, he looks like Buddy Colvin on the wire. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand the reference. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't know the wire, but I know what you're talking about. No, I – um. It's weird with that with some coaches, like you know how there was that whole thing about Sean McVay where he knew like every play in the you know from a game in a press conference. Yeah. There's certain coaches that just they prepare for the game, but the games themselves are kind of like a, you know a, a fever dream. I, it, it's like that with baseball too. Like I remember watching when the San Francisco Giants won the World Series in 2014. Bruce Bochy was their manager, and he went up there during the parade, like at the podium, and he was like, "I was really happy." 
that uh, I can't remember who he said, but he's like that we beat the Cubs in that first round. That was a huge, huge series. And the entire crowd went, and no, you played the Nationals. And he just went, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. We played, we played the Nats. It happened two weeks earlier. It's a weird thing how that works. Like some some block it out, some don't. But, yeah, I, maybe that was mind games too. Maybe that was him being like, oh, yeah, you know, it was whatever. It happened. We lost. You know, it it might have been Michigan. It might not have been. But my other question too, were there – how many seniors does Florida State have? And if so, did any of them play – and what, we can look this up afterwards – play significant minutes when they played Michigan three years ago? <sighs> Great question. Um, yeah, I should have looked it up before the pod. Raekwon Evans was a transfer. Ba, 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 ba. Nathaniel, let me know if any of these names ring a bell. Nathaniel Jack, Justin Linder, uh, Travis Light, MJ Walker. I remember him, I think. That sounds familiar. Um, Harrison Preto, Will Miles, Tenor Ngam. I think that's how you said. Yeah, I, I think MJ Walker would be the guy I can. We're doing it live here. Yeah, 2017-2018. Um, played in 35 games. Uh, started one, averaged seven points per game. I don't have don't have what he did against Michigan, but uh, yeah. So MJ Walker is the guy. That's the one I remember. Yeah, and it, look, it might not matter. I was just wondering if there's some kind of, you know, you do wonder about personal, uh, you know, vendettas against a team that you know prevented you from making it to the uh to the final four three years ago yeah um and someone in the chat says uh leonard hamilton can't coach um he's won 397 (laughs) games at florida state he's won almost 600 games in his career um he can coach (laughs) i'm I'm not they were 26 and 5 last year before the season got called off uh went to the sweet 16 went to the elite eight he can coach um and I'm just, I'm stunned. He looks amazing for 72. I look terrible and I'm 28. I'll be 29 <laughs> this year. I look like a pile of melted ice cream. Leonard Hamilton is, is dashing for 72. I think there's, I think there's something to say about, uh, like Chris mentioned, his parents sat him down and talked to him about the stress. Leonard Hamilton cannot remember anything about the games. He doesn't even remember. Yeah, Cause he's 72. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. But he doesn't, he doesn't care. That's how you look that good at 72, man. There's no stress in his uh, life. Get me on the Leonard Hamilton, like plan, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> let's, um, let's make, let's make him not let's, caring about anything. Let's let, <laughs> how, how about we make him age a few years this weekend? That'd be, that'd be fun. Um, it would be. Yeah. I'd, I'd say give him a few gray hairs, but the man's clean shaven and dashing. So I can't, yep. can't do that. Um, well, we're off the we're off the rails yeah, here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we don't. We are you know usually Sweet Sixteen or you know round of thirty two wrapped up on Sunday. You got Sweet Sixteen games starting Thursday usually. We yeah, don't have yeah. them until Sunday now, and I get it. And uh, it's just to go Sunday. What is it? Or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday Sunday. Monday. Monday Tuesday. Tuesday. That's wild, man. It's wild. And then to turn around and have the final four Saturday, that'll be interesting. I, I mean, I guess it spaces out decently. Yeah. And I get it. They probably want to make sure that everyone has, you know, again, everyone's in the bubble and they're test like when they're, it is literally like being in a college basketball fire fest or a gulag right now. Like when they're not practicing, they're in their hotel rooms. There's no, yeah. there's no trips to the, the steakhouse in Indianapolis. There's no, um, there's no team visits to top golf or the arcade. Like that's, they're sequestered in there. Um, so, but a guy like Eli Brooks comes out and says, 
I don't want to go home uh, for all the best reasons, because the longer we're here in this environment, it means we're closer to hanging a banner. So again, national championship to yesterday. So again, again, this is a joke. Don't call compliance. I'd love to be able to send them like a DoorDash of Chick-fil-A or something, but um, they're, they're cheese sandwiches from the NCAA and, um, you know, whatever prizes they get. NCAA is, so they're probably still handing out fidget spinners. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> God bless them. Um, hunker down, rest up for a few days and, and get right after it. So um, if you feel good about it, to well, word, and it's beautiful here. <laughs> so um, be enjoying that for sure. So, and then spring break next week. So we'll, uh, would love to start the week off on a, on a high note. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have much, much else to say besides that. I guess you know, I, I it's my brain is just mush from the weekend. It happens every first weekend of the tournament. I, I feel you, man. But and I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this, and this will be my parting shot before we we head out. And this, I feel this way for a lot of teams, but especially this one. We all want to see them win, uh, of course. But the biggest reason for that is I just, I just want to see them keep playing. Um, this has been a remarkably fun season, a remarkably yeah. fun season. And um, I think no matter what comes next, the next uh, there, I think we will look back on this year as um, the official, the f- first year of the, the Juwan Howard era, a, a, a team that was picked sixth in the big 10 in a conference that had teams in the top 10 in the top five, the teams that thought that they were going to be national championship contenders and, you are the last Big Ten team standing, and you've done it in a COVID year, no fans, uh, and uh, the, the 23-day layoff that wasn't your fault, and uh, and then an injury to one of your best players. This has been an otherworldly coaching job by Juwan Howard this year. Are you saying that the foundation for future success has been established? Go check out Anthony's article at mazerbrew.com. A, a certain writer in the state may say that. Yes. And I would agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm i 100% in agreement with you right there. I don't want it to end because I have been having a blast. It doesn't feel like as much of a grind as, as a lot of sometimes the, the Big Ten seasons, mostly because they did a lot of winning instead of kind of the up That's and true, down. Yeah. That definitely helps, you know, uh, but man, I, I am certainly with you there. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Anthony, you got any parting shots before we get to social media and the wrap up and the whole get, you know, not really. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still stunned by Leonard Hamilton 72. <laughs> That's going right. to be in your head all day. Stop caring about things. No, you know, the, you know, the meme where it's like, it's the guy rolled over in bed and the women, the woman's rolled over and she's like, I wonder what he's thinking about. And mine is you thinking about other women. It's it, who's I wonder, I wonder what other women he's thinking about. It's gonna be me in a fetal position going Leonard Hamilton 72 <laughs> <laughs> and he's one mind blowing. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, no, it's it's not lost on me that any of these shows we do. Um, the next time we podcast, like we're gonna do locker rooms and things like that, but the next time we sit down and do one of these, um. It could be a season post-mortem. So there's 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 only one of two options uh, on this. We're either looking back on the season that was or we are talking about the final four. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, it's either going to be we're doing kind of a season wrap-up on Monday night here or they're playing yeah. Tuesday. Good we're not podcasting. We're probably slight, you know, depending on how that game goes. 
Yeah. Probably slightly, again, staying professional here, uh, professionally slightly inebriated and doing <laughs> some kind of locker room that probably turns into our podcast. So, Maybe. Um, yeah, good times. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, destroying my, poisoning my body either way, no matter which <laughs> way the result goes. So, <laughs> Chris, where can we find you on social media, man? Uh, at Castellani 2014, that's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You'll find there the link to my uh, YouTube page. I just did a review for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I took you know, I took an entire day <laughs> to watch it um, because that's <laughs> one hour at a time. <laughs> that's yeah, because that's how long it was. I watched yeah, the Zack Snyder's mini series essentially about the Justice League, <laughs> uh, but was able to post that during the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And my other show, Locked on Tigers, um, it has really been rolling lately. I, uh, your, yours truly, through all his ridiculous ranting and raving, has gotten a, a solid amount of people who, to follow him. And I'm now talking to those people and doing interviews. Did one with Giraffe Neck Mark and Foolish Baseball. And I'm trying to, trying to. Uh, secure uh, my white whale right before opening day. There's a certain guest I'm trying to get on. Can't make any promises, but I have reached out to him. I'll tell you guys after we're done recording, but I can't say the name right now. Uh, follow me there at Locked on Tigers. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written review. Do the same for Mason Brew. Leave us another, uh, fi- leave us a five-star review for that as well. So please follow me on all those platforms. It'd be much appreciated. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, well, you know, you can find the website on on at Mason Brew. Um, listen, I've been, I've been running this site for like seven years now or six or seven years, you know where to find me. So I'm just, why say more word when less word do same trick, whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know where to find me, you know where to find us. Um, keep an eye on our, our feeds for locker room stuff, other kind of stuff, the YouTube channel, all that. So appreciate it. Like, honestly, truly, Truly appreciate everyone's time. Appreciate the time that you two put into this every week. And hopefully um, I hope this is the season finale of, uh, of the hoops talk that we do on this show. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather hold that off a little more. So yeah, follow us, leave the reviews, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gierdi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I. A-R-D-I. A lot of fun talking with all of you during the games. I know we're all stressed out. It's a lot of fun on Twitter to kind of have that support group there. Also, follow the Brewcast Show page uh, at Brewcast Show. Uh, Here's a fun fact. Just looked. Happy anniversary three years ago. That's pretty much how long we've been doing the podcast here on on Brewcast. uh, The final four run. That was a year, man. We made it right before the Sweet 16 weekend. So, uh, yeah, make sure sure you go follow that. And... uh, what like was Anthony Sweet 16 said, that weekend? It was what? Texas A&M, then Florida State, right? Yeah. 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 Texas A&M, they hit like 25 threes. It was all crazy. And then Florida State was a heart just fight, pounding yeah. slugfest. Oh, what a nightmare. But yeah, uh, make sure you go follow us on all those platforms. Uh, appreciate everyone joining us on Twitch. Chat's always live. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure to follow those Twitter pages as well so we let you know because Usually it's Monday night, 7.30. Obviously the tournament, a little wacky schedule here this year. So we'll let you know when we're going live on Twitch if you want to come hang out, join the conversation and whatnot. So that'll about do it for us. For my partners, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Yardi, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.